when machines and computers, profit motives and property rights are considered more important than people, the giant triplets of racism, extreme materialism and militarism are incapable of being conquered. George Bush doesn't care about black people. They have a Black History Month, but we don't have a White History Month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. If it was not for the love and respect shown to me by black women, those right-wing, ultra-conservative, alt-right haters, they would have me believe I'm too black, I'm too confrontational, I'm too tough, and I'm too disrespectful of them. But now, I know I'm simply a strong black woman. In a time where corporations are treated like people and people are treated like things. They promote legislation that attacks voting rights, the poor, LGBT citizens, the immigrant community, and civil rights that are lewd, mean-spirited, and fundamentally contrary to what our democracy is supposed to be about. What is bad is not what they are doing. What would be bad is for us not to fight back. Hey ho, let's go. This is 102.3 WHIVLP. You are listening to Resistance Radio. My name is Mark Allendary, and with me, as always, wearing the goofy green shirt, uh, is Kenny Francis, uh, the uh, one of the co-founders of Indivisible NOLA, also a very good friend, one of, without question, one of the smartest political minds in the state of Louisiana, certainly in this room, with the exception of our guest, who I think, uh, whose collective IQ would blow both Kenny and I out of the water. Uh, that being said, this is Resistance Radio. Uh, we are proudly streaming live on 1230 AM WBOK. Kenny? Welcome to Resistance Radio. Hey, y'all. Um, we are recording this episode on a Wednesday evening because next week Mark Allen is going to be out of town and I will be just returning to town, so we weren't going to be able to do this live. Um, I do want to point out for folks that Mark Allen has chosen his mortician wear today. Um, that's that's the outfit of the day. Um, I do have one more thing before we jump in. I would also like to amend our intro just slightly um there's a clip about kanye west saying george bush doesn't care about black people george bush doesn't care about black people and we now know that kanye west also does not care about black people um but like i said with that we are recording this episode a couple days before it's going to air um because we can't do it live we're really excited to have a good friend of mine um, an educator activist in the city her name is gato tatiana uh, and Kata is here to talk to us about a couple of things, and I'm going to let her do the background of what we're talking about. But vaguely, what we're going to talk about in this hour is we're going to be talking about something called the School of Americas. Um, if you've never heard of it, 
Um, we're going to do a bit of a background on it. I actually didn't hear, haven't heard of it until recently when Gato told me about it. And then specifically when we're talking about the School of America's Watch, uh, which is an organization that was created to try to end the School of America's, which is a bad thing. So School of America's, bad. School of America's Watch, good. And there's also some upcoming action that folks can participate in. Um, and so I hope that you're excited to join us for the hour. And so with that, I want to introduce Carol. Thanks for joining us, Carol. Hi, y'all. Thank you for having me. Um, like Kenny said, I'm, I'm a teacher here in New Orleans. Um, I'm originally from Colombia, and I came to the United States when I was seven in 1999. Um, during the 1990s, Colombia was having an upsurge of paramilitary groups, and it was the country receiving the most amount of U.S. military aid in the Western Hemisphere. Part of that military aid was receiving training from um, military training, specifically from the School of the Americas. Um, the School of the Americas is something that like you think would sound really nice because you're like, oh, it's a school that crosses the entire Americas, but it's something that, like Kenny said, is really bad. Um, after the Second World War, the U.S. economy was booming and needed a lot of resources. It saw that it could find those resources in Latin America. Um, the School of the Americas opened up in Panama with the objective to train U.S. For- US forces in jungle warfare. Um, and, and by jungle warfare, sorry. <laughs> Kenny and wow, I both, both of y'all one. just jumped up for that microphone. Let's, let's also be clear, although I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny and I were going to say the same thing, um, that by jungle warfare, what we're really actually talking about was uh, it, uh, that uh, warfare against governments that were uh, more traditionally either socialist or socialist leaning or governments that were uh, uh, pro-people as opposed to what we ended up seeing or governments in the 60s and 70s that were uh, as close to fascist uh, governments as we could get in Central America. Would that, would that be correct? Yes. It's kind of funny that we're switching on this one because typically I'm the one with sort of like an eloquent response and then, he, <laughs> and then, Mark, and then Mark Allen comes in with like the layman's terms. So like in layman's terms, what the School of America is, is essentially was a school that was created at how to teach um, Ameri- like American soldiers to create banana republics and overthrow democratically elected governments. In layman's terms, yes. Yeah. And not just that, the School of the Americas then also created bases in Latin American countries to train person- military personnel locally so that then our own people were oppressing us, killing us, forcibly disappearing us. And were wildly successful yes. at their jobs. I and mean, it was and it was widely hidden by the US of course. media under the so called war on drugs. Well that that ultimately happened in the in the eighties under ultimately the, the Reagan administration. But just to be clear, this is just another or- Orwellian term, the idea of the School of the Americas, in which uh led to uh basically dirty wars is really I think one of the words that have been used to describe what was happening in Latin America. These were monies. And, uh, obviously for most people that are listening that don't know about the School of Americas, one of the entities that you may remember is during the uh Reagan administration there was the Iron Contra uh, a scandal in which essentially um, the U.S. Uh, was uh, selling uh, weapons to Iran and then giving the money to the Contras, or it was, and that was another. Ollie ex- North. Ollie, yeah, of course, Ollie North, who en- ended up. 
getting a, uh, you know, getting, of course, like most people in the U.S. government, when you do something bad, especially when it comes to military, you will always be uh, rewarded for it. Uh, but essentially, the money that was generated by selling weapons to Iran was basically handed over to Contras uh, as well. And I have a feeling, too, that if we dig hard enough, that we would also find lots of drug um, uh, profits uh, that was also funding some of the School of the Americas. But anyway, that Kenny and I are interrupting, and, <laughs> and that's something that Kenny and I need to stop doing. So please continue. Yeah, no, thank you for adding that insight because one of our aims is also to show how all of this is interconnected under U.S. imperialism, under U.S. intervention, oh. and U.S. militarization of all of our borders. I can't, um, I, I don't actually see a, I, I don't know of an example that would better describe U.S. imperialism, U.S. militarism, U.S. colonialism as what the School of the Americas were. Yeah, and so to all that to say that some of the training that was done was was not limited to just only, like they did things like counterinsurgery techniques, sniper training, psychological warfare, military intelligence, and interrogation tactics. It was, it started off in Panama after um, a while, the, they saw that it was they were only hurting themselves, and and that the U.S. had essentially come in and taken over. And the Panamanian president called it one of the biggest base, of, the biggest base of destabilization in Latin America. Um, in 1984, the School of the Americas relocated to Fort Benning in Georgia. Um, and in 2001, after a lot of um, fighting and organizing and um, lobbying that occurred, the School of the Americas was essentially shut down but reopened with a different name and a rebranding. And so now it is the Western Hemispheric Institute for Security Cooperation or WINSEC. And even though they say that it has closed, even other... Um, WinSec SOA supporters themselves have said that this was just a cosmetic change that to brand it differently so that it would be easier for the public to take in. And to that point, like like I said, I had not heard of this myself until recently when Gattle told me about it. Um, and then just doing some like really basic research about the School of America, two things that jumped out that's like literally on the Wikipedia page, which is kind of crazy, is it says that military officials admitted at the time that even if the graduates from this program commit went on to commit war crimes, that, that the school couldn't be held accountable for that, and their job was just like to train people, to train people. And then I think this part is particularly like a slap in the face of folks is when they rebranded the school and reopened it after all the protests in 2000. The one thing that they changed was they said that well things are fixed now because all students must undergo a minimum of eight hours of class on human rights and civilian control of the military. And so it's fixed now. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like, that's akin to like, you know, some of the solutions to the police shootings that we've seen in America is that some police departments are like, well, our cadets now undergo four hours of training on racial bias, so we're good. Right. Or what a lot of schools are doing in the country now, that they're all undergoing that similar type of training and saying, oh, okay, now we're not racist, but they're still perpetuating systems of oppression within primarily black and brown schools. 
And and it was funny because you mentioned that the name change uh, and the branding change was cosmetic, and I was actually thinking uh, that it was really kind of what people refer to as putting lipstick on it. You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig, and that's essentially what the School of Americas are, uh, really just uh, not to denigrate pigs because I think pigs are actually very smart <laughs> animals. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm a vegetarian. Don't talk about how good they are. Um, but what is the School of Americas watch? So the School of the Americas Watch came about in response to a massacre that occurred in November 16, 1989, of six Jesuit priests, their co-worker, um, and her teenage daughter in, that were massacred in El Salvador. Um, this uh, massacre was, ha- was done by people that were trained at the School of the Americas in Fort Benning. Um, since then, there are still cases that are coming up year after year that showed that the graduates of the School of the Americas have committed all of these atrocities. Um, in Colombia, a lot of the graduates of the America of the Americas have um, of School of the Americas have um, forcibly disappeared people, have created mass graves of social activists that have been killed, Afro-Colombians who are being pushed off their land, um, indigenous people whose lands are being fumigated for the war on drugs, when then that drugs is actually rerouted through Central America, helped out in Mexico, and, and directly put into black and brown communities to criminalize us. So it's this entire connection of this training that happens at this one place. Yeah, you know, it was like a it, it it's kind of like a an evil or like a virus that was mm-hmm. released. In in prior to that, I would imagine that the communities, I, you know, of course there was probably some violence here and there, but the the way that the communities turned on one another as a result of this training and the violence uh, that we have seen all through Central and South America, all through Latin America, has been really quite. Uh, pervasive. I mean, you know, thinking about and P- fully U.S. Pinochet. funded yeah, by U.S. P- tax yes, dollars. Of course, U.S. funded, and then of course the school of the Chicago economics comes to mind because I think that's where a lot of uh, Pinochet's uh, th- this whole idea of these Anne Randian uh, communities that were really kind of muscled their way through um, with these paramilitary um, uh, armies, really uh, that that were able to act in the shadows, uh, propped up. Dick that ultimately, as you started the conversation, was able to funnel resources over to the U.S. I mean, it's, you know... Uh, I, I, and, I w- and that continues now through a lot of um, the migrants and refugees that are fleeing our, that were fleeing our home countries because of U.S. intervention and because of these policies. And so the School of the Americas Watch started hosting a vigil at Fort Benning every year after the massacre. The vigils continued to grow, to grow. And then in um, 2015, conversation started with, with organizers to move the vigil from Fort Benning um, over to Nogales, Arizona, in Nogales, Mexico, to directly go um, at the border and confront these issues. If you're tuning in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV LPFM. This is Resistance Radio. I'm your host, Mark Allendary. With me is Kenny Francis. We are proudly streaming live on 1230 AM WBOK. If you are tuned in on 1230 WBOK, welcome to Resistance Radio. Today we're talking to Miss Carol Tatiana, who works with the School of the Americas Watch. They are calling for an end of the U.S. economic and political intervention in Latin America and the end of the racist systems of oppression 
that criminalize, kill migrants, refugees, and communities of color. Uh, we're going to be talking about a film screening, a film, a film screening on October 21st of the School of the Americas Watch documentary that will be at Cafe Istanbul. More information can be found at SOAW. Dot org that's soaw.org or soa watch on instagram kenny so you were you were just about to get into like the encuentro and what that is so i wanted to let you continue on that thread yeah thank you so after some listening tours at the border with local community we found that having a presence at the border allowed us to connect a lot of the destructive U.S. foreign policies that the School of the Americas represent in a new way. Um, Since it's held at the border, we have a couple of demands. Um, Our demands, as you said in the introduction, in your phrase. The station ID. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, an end to U.S. economic, military, and political intervention in Latin America and the closure of School of the Americas slash WINSEC. An end to Plan Merida and Alliance for Prosperity. Demilitarization and divestment of borders. An end to racist systems of oppressions that criminalize and kill migrants, refugees, and communities of color. And respect, dignity, justice, and the right to self-determination of communities. The Encuentro is happening November 16th through 18th um, in Nogales, Arizona, Nogales, Mexico. Um, And so what the Encuentro is, um, is a weekend-long event. like a weekend-long convergence of people coming from the United States, from Mexico, from Palestine, from other Central American countries, uh, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, um, Colombia, Chile, um, and other South American countries coming together to and and our allies and creating this space, one, to to learn together, um, to stand in solidarity with each other across our borders, um, to learn ways to push back against militarization here and abroad. We have workshops that are going to be had. We're going to be hearing from survivors um, from the frontline struggles in Latin America and in the U.S. Um, and, And one of the things that I want to push, too, is that the Encuentro and learning about the School of the Americas and joining the School of the Americas Watch is important for people locally because one, we should stare, We should stand in solidarity because all of our struggles are combined. All of our struggles are against this big machine of capitalism that breeds imperialism and all of these other isms that oppress us. Um, here in in New Orleans, there's a lot. Uh, there's a large community from Honduras, and within that, there's a large Garifuna community. That Garifuna community are Afro is an Afro descendant community of the coastal area of Honduras. And when we think about the ways that people are oppressed in Honduras because of U.S. foreign policy, because of U.S. military aid that Honduras is still getting, even even as it's government is killing its people right now and using terror terror gas that's made in Pennsylvania through U.S. tax dollars, that is affecting black, Latinx, Afro-Latinx students here in New Orleans that are, if if we talk about the education system and we talk about the voices that are left out, that's like the bottom rung of voices that are being left out in these very critical conversations that the city is having around trauma trauma-informed care around healing practices around what does it mean to create a language justice space so that all of our students te- are, are, are seen and are taught these things about the things that are oppressing them. 
Um, it's also important because as the expansion of the U.S. borders are displacing and murdering more and more, there comes the private for-profit surveillance companies like Elbit, which is an Israeli company that has devastated the people of Palestine. It's also Israeli companies that come to New Orleans to seek and profit from our surveillance and criminalization. The cameras that came up, those were fun. Those were supported by companies that support Israel and that are killing um, Palestine. Um, the wall and the surveillance that is happening in, in along the border of Mexico and the United States is a direct example of the experimentation of how the U.S. is just trying to militarize all of its borders, how it's trying to militarize the entire state, the entire country. Um, New Orleans also falls within the 100-mile constitutional jurisdiction of Border Patrol. That is to say that around the entire U.S., 100 miles in <clears throat> from all borders are technically fall under the jurisdiction of Border Patrol. Like there was a case, there have been cases where Border Patrol have not allowed people, even there was a congressman that tried to cross and they didn't let him. And he was like, well, I'm, I'm a congressman or senator, whatever it was. And they said, well, we have jurisdiction here. That if they chose to enforce that, New Orleans would fall under that same thing. So even though the, the encuentro is happening at this one location at this one time, the systems of the arms of SOA Watch touch us all the time, and and we really need to be more aware of that and see how it all connects. Is is a, a whole, that was beautiful? <laughs> There's a lot there. What does El Cuentro El, El Cuentro mean? Um, Encuentro. Encuentro. Sorry. En, it um the literal translation means to meet. So we um, are coming together to meet and to converge. And um, our slogan for this year is um, struggle, create popular education, because we are highlighting how through popular education, how through doing things like radio shows, having conversations with friends, we don't need to learn these things in fancy classrooms in these high academic. Um, well, they're academies. not going to be taught. Right. They're not going to be taught. <laughs> or they're going to be, or they're going to be taught with a bias. And when they are taught, they're usually at higher institutions that are inaccessible for, for a lot of us. So for me, something that in, in, in learning about the school of the Americas in learning about SOA watch and in going to the Encuentro last year, it allowed me to put, words to the things that I have experienced in my life, the things that, um, why, why am I the, in the United States and why couldn't I stay in Colombia are, are very individual reasons. But then looking and learning about the political warfare that was happening to my family in that time and how right now Colombia continues to be one of the biggest human rights violators in the world. Over 150 social activists have been killed in the past 10 months. And even though I know there was a new president and there was a treaty signed uh, with the, um, and I can't believe I just spaced out on the uh, the, the gorillas that were causing a majority. The FARC. The FARC, right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I think this new president tried to renege on that uh, on that uh, treaty. Is that correct? This new president is trying to do a lot of things. Um, he's trying to change a lot of the conditions of the treaty. Oh, because they were um, they were giving some. Uh, they were allowing some of the. They were allowing basically the FARC were like, okay, we're happy to do this, but you can't put us in jail. 
essentially. Essentially, and, yeah. And so right now they're going through the peace accords. We're finding out more and more bodies coming up, but more and more leaders are still being killed. Um, Colombia is also now um, taking in um, people coming over from Venezuela, which is a flip-flop from the 1980s, 1990s, when a lot of Colombians were fleeing to Venezuela. And again, all of this comes back. Right. Yes, I did know that. It's almost as if the U.S. has been systematically and historically and contemporary destabilizing these governments so that they could, so that we can gain from the chaos. Yeah. It's almost as if that was like the plan by design. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, and I think what we're talking like, I think you did such like a really beautiful job of like tying it all together, like all the struggles align because like this is America. This is <laughs> this is this this yeah, is who right. this is who we are, and like what we've always been is that we've been this country that goes everywhere under the guise of quote unquote freedom and quote unquote democracy. But what we've actually been doing for the last three hundred years is we've been imperializing. Mm-hmm. We've been going into countries of black and brown people and taking their resources, taking their people, destabilizing their governments, taking away their choice to to decide the kind of life and kind of society they want to have for themselves and take all of the sort of like financial and political capital we can get out of it and then saying, oh, by the way, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. And don't you dare try to come over here after we've like messed up your country. Because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Oppressing the the people that we forced to come here, the brown people we forced to come here in the first place. Because like there's there's like a real I think like for right. folks and, out there. And and to be clear, it's not just oppressing. It's systemically killing. Yeah. It's systemically raping. It's systemically disappearing children, families, people. And and that's all to say that also like right now a lot of the buzzwords around are around immigration reform, but we can't have immigration reform if we don't understand what the root causes of immigration are, which, first of all, everyone living has the right to migrate freely. Like these borders are only created because. Arbitrary. Politics. Yeah, arbitrary politics, politics and at the end, economic of capitalism. And. I lost my train of thought. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, for folks out there who don't think about this a lot, I think there's a very simple thread that can be followed that shows that like what America always has been is a place where we came here and we killed all the brown people that were here already and then we forced a whole nother set of brown and black people to come here and treated them like trash for the next 300 years and then somewhere along we're like you know what it's time to outsource some of this pain and suffering and we started to go to other places where there were black and brown people and terrorize and enslave and denigrate them and kill them mm-hmm. and then that's sort of just been like u.s policy and then we call it democracy mm-hmm. and, and then you say that you have these asylum laws that allow people who are seeking this asylum to come in but then when people do come in to seek the asylum that you have from the conditions that you have created you turn them away back to their deaths you make them go through incredibly like bit like bizarre conditions of having to walk miles having to walk under the harshest of conditions if that's how they choose to go of having to to lie on forms of having to come to a country that they don't know and overstate and and surpass their stay like all of these terms are things that were made up and 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 then to say that oh you're illegal to say that you are less than to say that 
you come here, you risk everything to, to, because the only other option is death or the only other option is violence. And you come here to have this better life and then you're met with just even more resistance. Yeah, it's like Kenny said, this is, I mean, this is America and this has been America. And uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, Kenny and I had a show uh, on Monday in which we talked about um, kind of openly, mockingly, then obvious, and then obviously, uh, alternatively, rather shocked at the Brett Kavanaugh uh, for Supreme Court uh, Justice, uh, um, the uh, hearing that he had, and as as shocked as we were. But the one thing that we kept repeating over and over again, and I think if there's a small silver lining of positivity, it's that what we're seeing is that dying gasp of the white male. Uh, patriarchal uh, supremacy at least that that to me is one of the very few positives to take from it what what happens moving forward is hard to say obviously in every election we always say I mean we need to really need to be moving forward on elections and and getting out the vote in a big way yeah but but then also like yes that era is dying but we also now have this new era of not all skin folk is kin folk where we are now, we have been taught, we have been trained to oppress ourselves. Yes, that, I, yes, and, yes, yes. And so, yes, yes going Undoing out and, that is and, important. and voting and, and going to elections, but also making sure that you're really informed. Because one of the things Agreed. that has happened since Trump, like there has been um, an upsurge of people getting involved and of, Women and of people running, coming out. Num- of, right, of but then you still have a number of people going, going and showing up to these protests and going and showing up to these actions with signs that say things like, um, if Hillary was in office, we'd be at brunch right now. And so also like... <laughs> to be clear, it's only the white people doing that. <laughs> to, to, to be clear, it's only the white folks yes, doing that. That's on, yes, that one specific instance was a white person, but then you also have people... Oh, God, that is so <laughs> But then you down. also have... Like I, even within my own community of, of um, being a woman of color, there are many other women of color that support these systems that perpetuate these systems of oppression whether it be in individual relationships whether it be in their workplace whether it be if they have some sort of power also realizing that we really need to educate ourselves and arm ourselves with the tool and that's one of the things that we aim to do through the encuentro um we're (laughs) they're both (laughs) fighting for the mic now (laughs) Uh, mine is for uh, is for FCC housekeeping reasons, but uh, uh, did you lose your train of thought? No, no, all right. I'm sorry. Uh, if you're tuning in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV as Kenny and I are being schooled. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is Resistance Radio. Uh, if you're tuning in on WBOK, we are proudly streaming live on 1230 AM WBOK. Welcome to Resistance Radio. Welcome to WHIV. Kenny and I today are talking to Carol Tatiana, who works with the School of the Americas Watch. Uh, They are calling for an end of the U.S. economic, political, and intervention in Latin America, and an end to the racist systems of oppression 
that criminalize and kill migrants, refugees, and communities of color. On October 21st, there will be a film screening of the uh, School of the Americas Watch documentary at Cafe Istanbul. More information can be found at soaw.org, as well as Instagram, uh, the Instagram at soawatch uh, at Instagram. Why uh, Nogales, Mexico? Why Nogales, uh, Arizona? Is El Cuento going to be in in Cuento happening? there um it's happening there after having a lot of conversations with local communities after going on listening tours with um some of the communities in arizona um in starting off in tucson coming down to um to so the encuentro will start off in tucson we'll have um a vigil that's happening at eloy do you have a question no, no, no. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, sorry. No, no. Um, that was my resting question face. Oh, <laughs> okay. And so, and so, in coming to Nogales, Arizona, at the border wall, we can really um, just be at one of uh, at one of the main sites, right, where the this direct crossing of U.S. imperialism, U.S. militarization of people's homes, um, where we can see this doctrine of immigration policy that is happening, um, that has been happening, that is being highlighted right now. We can call for that right at the border. And specifically where we are going to be in Nogales, Arizona, um, there was a, a child, a 16-year-old boy, who was on the Nogales-Mexico side of the border um, and was shot 16 times by a U.S. Border Patrol agent from the U.S. side of the border from a tower because the U.S. Border and the U.S. Border Patrol agent claims that he felt like his life was threatened because this 16-year-old boy was throwing rocks. rocks. Right. And that has not, at this point, that has not been shown to be the case. And uh, I think that Soldier was taken off duty or I think he may I don't know if he was fired but I know that the case move is moving through the system I think right now it's moving in the direction of there looks like there may be some justice but it, it wasn't it just wasn't ignored that's not to say it was not absolutely horrific and shouldn't have happened I mean a guard killed a boy from across the way uh, for throwing rocks. I mean, obviously, this is ridiculous, and it's very reminiscent of how the uh, IDF is treating the Palestinian people. And of how uh, the how, police... Yep. Go <laughs> no, go ahead. And just, and, you know, how cops in America treat people of color. Which is why I was Hashtag like, this is America. Which is why I was going to say, like, I'm sure he's on administrative leave, yes. and I'm sure that, you know, we're following that same thing that right. always happens. has happened to... The officer that killed Laquan McDonald, the, and then just name every single other person that has been murdered this way. Um, I think that something that you did such a good job talking about, Carol, is about how it's all interconnected into the consistent struggles. And I think part of what you're saying about like not all um, skin folk or kin folk is I think that's something that has like sadly become too commonplace. Is I think we're finding ourselves in this time where folks are becoming more and more informed than they have been in the past for a lot of reasons. But I think that like what the danger that you're talking about is this idea that there are a lot of folks out there who, in part because of the systems that they have lived in and internalized racism uh, and internalized oppression, are much more interested in getting their piece of the supremacy rather than liberation, right? If you're for liberation, you should be for liberation for everyone, not just the particular part of the, your identity that is... <laughs> being threatened um and this I, i'm seeing 
you're doing such a good job of connecting parallels. I'm seeing parallels to like for those who will have listened to this episode after listening to the one that Mark Allen and I just did on Monday, where I went on a bit of a rant about the way that white women have consistently voted in this country and what's happening currently where Brett Kavanaugh um, and sexual assault and all that. And it's that, you know, it's, it's so disheartening to see that happen where it's like, yeah, there is something that finally affects y'all and like full stop is horrible and it shouldn't be happening in the first place. But like I said, then it's like, I hope that all of these people that are now all of a sudden so engaged are just as engaged about ending racism, about ending imperialism, about ending all of the isms that oppress and divide us and that have been done that way by design um, to maintain white supremacy and to maintain the status quo. And I think that's exactly what you're getting to because the number of people of color I know and have met that are homophobic or the number of black men that are misogynist or a number of like women that I know that are racist. It's just like at some point we have to realize that like, unless you are a rich, like landowning white male, we're all on the same team here. And at some point we have to get there. And and at some point we have to realize that like your oppression and your pain is my pain and my oppression. And the only way to solve that for either of us or for anyone is for us to work together and for us to be just as passionate and just and desire the change just as much, not just like when it personally affects you. Right. And I and, think that's and the also, thing that's, And also knowing that like we are all personally affected. For example, Louisiana, New Orleans, crawfish, right? We, Louisiana loves their crawfish. It cultivates its crawfish. It brings a lot of guest workers over to cultivate a lot of this crawfish, to cultivate catfish, to cultivate um, seafood, and and um, they're brought over as guest workers from Mexico. They're abused by their workers. They're trying to fight back. They're being. They're having wages stolen. They're having to work under terrible working conditions. They're having. Um, they're getting hurt and not being able to get the help that they need out of fear of. Um, being sent back out of fear of not being able to be to have work again out of fear of not being able to provide for their families this is the same crawfish that is brought into new orleans into the city that is sold mostly to tourists that are coming into the city tourists that the entire citizens of the city are working to accommodate because really we know that a lot of these changes that the city is making is to accommodate tourists, is to accommodate the money and the income that is coming from from these businesses. But then the workers are still not seeing any of these benefits. The hotels have terrible conditions, especially for our black and brown and migrant communities. Um, hospitality workers don't have um, set, even set schedules. Rights. Yeah, right. Um uh, so like when we, when we think about, oh, I'm not, I'm not affected personally. It's like, well, you are, <laughs> um, you are, and, and, and there are ways that we can combat this. There are ways that we can organize the ways that have been done traditionally through popular education, through b- building popular movements, through coming together across in, in these intersectionalities and realizing that, yes, I'm fighting to, to end, um, I'm fighting to better the education system in New Orleans, but we can't do that unless students 
are able to go home and be in a house that isn't contaminated, like the area around Gordon Plaza. And really like a lot of of the air that we all take in and, and the water that we that we drink. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything that you said there. Um, the uh, School of America's Watch, this is a national organization that there's a local chapter. It's international and, with mm-hmm. a local chapter that's mm-hmm. that's happening mm-hmm. here. Um, go ahead, Kenny. Uh, I'm just like, I want to take us back for a second to the School of America's itself, the, mm-hmm. that organization we're talking about, not the good one. I know that for folks who are listening, it might be difficult to keep track. So just as a reminder, School of America's bad. School of America's watch, good. Um, for the School of America's, um, just to clarify, was it is, it, is it an organization that trains American troops specifically, or does it train people in general? Because I guess what I'm trying it, to get so, at is it wasn't so training the, other people to go so back to countries. SOA, um, School of the Americas, now called WINSEC, trains U.S. military forces. It trains U.S. Border Patrol. It is now also training U.S. police officers. They also have several several military bases stemming from WINSEC in various Latin American countries. And there, a lot of the on-base training is done under U.S. military tactics, um, which include a lot of um, these torture techniques that we've seen come up from the torture manuals that include the psychological warfare. So it's, hap- it's something that is being done, that is being, um, that the heart of it, the core of it is here in the United States, but that the way that it's been distribu- distributed is directly embedded in a, in a lot so, of our So countries. basically what we did was we created a how-to guide of how to pressure people. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what we did. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's, like, that's what I was trying to, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's what we were saying. It was like we unleashed a you know a virus or a toxin into communities that that allowed for them to do that, and then told the public that we were actually going in to liberate, of course, um, and of course, I say the, we as the United it's, States. It's incredibly yeah. Orwellian. I mean, George Orwell had it exactly right. I mean, he you know he saw the playbook or created the playbook or what have you. You know, let's call things pretty things and let's not have them be what they actually are, and let's tell people things that you know. As Trump. Is, a, is great at doing this. It, don't believe your lying ears and don't believe your lying eyes and mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, let, let's just kind of, did, did you want to, go ahead. Yeah, so I just wanted to do a little bit more of information about the Encuentro and what it's going to look yes, like for the yes. weekend. And then I wanted to ask you about some of the new immigration policies that have been coming up uh, with respect to uh, the uh, detentions and, and deportations and what the School of America's Watch's thoughts and actions have been on that. So we could do that after you're done. Yeah. Um, so the Encuentro is happening November 16th, 17th, and 18th, which falls on the anniversary of which falls on the uh, anniversary of the assassination of the six Jesuit priests um, and the El Salvadoran woman and her daughter. Um, we're actually even this year taking it back a day and starting Thursday, November 5th with an all day um, training to stop U.S. arms to Mexico. Um, This workshop and training will allow us to gain research and advocacy tools necessary to take action in the U.S. against gun traffic and the flow of weapons um, that end up commit that end up as tools to commit human rights abuses in Mexico. Um, we're going to have, um, so that's going to be all day, uh, November 15th is going to be really awesome. There's going to be a lot of, um, art building that's going to be involved. Then Friday, November 6th, we start the morning with registration, move into a collective art build and nonviolent 
direct action training. Um, then we are going to take a, car a caravan from Nogales, Arizona to the Milkor USA rally and a vigil at the Eloy Detention Center, which is an immigration detention center. Um, we're going to have a rally at Milkor, then we're going to have a vigil at Eloy. Um, Saturday, we're going to have a variety of um, workshops and panels that are happening, one of them also being Education for Liberation, which is where we're going to come together with public school teachers to explore political and economic forces of the School of the Americas and U.S. militarism within the capitalist system. Um, and we're going to create materials and strategies to be able to teach these things to students so that students are able to get in, the real in the history. In public schools. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. Wait, in like in uh, civil, like in civics classes or? No, integrating it into into all of our subjects. Because I know that Arizona particularly has been trying to pass some laws recently in which they were trying to change some of the history, especially the history of the state history and as its relationship with Mexico so as to not appear as brutal and barbaric as the Arizonians were. We have a word for that. It's called whitewashing. Right. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> right. in this conversation, also completely erasing the indigenous communities yes, yes. that um, have lived there and that continue to be present in the Tohono O'odham yeah. And then also, I think, eliminating the languages as well. Mm -hmm. So the languages are not going to be supported or taught in the schools. Oh, my God. If you're tuning in, you're listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is Resistance Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Allender. With me is Kenny Francis. T uh, today we have uh, Miss uh, Carol Tatiana, who works with the School of the Americas Watch, who are calling for an end of the economic and political intervention in Latin America and the end to the racist systems of oppression that criminalize and kill migrant refugees and communities of color on 1021 on October 21st there will be a film screening of the School of the Americas Watch documentary at Cafe Istanbul more information can be uh, found at soaw.org uh, did you have something or I was gonna yeah. go ahead I just wanted to that film screening is gonna be on November 21st is it going to be on October 21st? Sorry, October 21st. The Encuentro we forgot, we is forgot. November 16th through 18th. So October 21st, Cafe Sable at what time? 6 p.m. It's 6 a Sunday. It's going to be the screening of the SOA Watch movie. Right. SOA Watch document, yeah. yeah. Don't you uh, love when you try to correct me and then you're wrong? I, I, that happens. It's happening more regularly <laughs> and it happens uh, frequently. Uh, does the SOAW watch you guys are going down to a detention center uh, as part on the on the Saturday, the six, on the 17th, I think you said, or Friday uh, the, the 16th? The vigil is the Friday, uh-huh. And what, then, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to just ask for commentary uh, from the SOAW watch or yourself about what we have been seeing, seeing because I think now that it has fallen out of, because this is the way the current administration works is that something gets in the news cycle, they try to kind of push through it, they'll introduce other things, you know, something else shiny will happen, and then all of a sudden our eyes are off of the fact that we still have an incredible number of children that are separated from their parents. I personally think this is torture. I think people need to go to jail for this. These sorts of policies, these kids are forever going to be changed. Um, there are children that will not get back to their parents. Uh, it, it is, I've talked to psychologists and psychiatrists about the sort of damage that does. It's, it's unthinkable because we've never seen something like this in at least our contemporary modern history. Of course, this has been done uh, and this was a ploy of terrorism that was done uh, on to uh, American uh, slaves uh, at the time of, uh, of slavery uh, in this uh, 
the history as part of the horrible history of this country. But um, and now we just saw that there are these new ca- detention camps that have uh, that are outdoor detention camps that have expanded. And and while I'm on this, just as an HIV doctor, somebody who uh, receives public funds for, to run my HIV clinics, those are called Ryan White dollars. Those Ryan White dollars were raided to help support these detention centers. And it wasn't just Ryan White funds. There was also cancer funds uh, that were taken uh, as well. But as an HIV doctor, that is something that I, I can speak about. Uh, so I just was wondering uh, if there was commentary on, on your part for some of the hor- horrible behaviors and actions that we have seen. Um. So So when we talk about this, we really... Yeah, these things are horrible. These things should not be happening. We should all be a lot more enraged. Um, but we really need to ground ourselves in what the root causes of this are. What what are the root causes Which of is migration? What, why why yeah. um why are these things happening? Also recognizing that families have been separated and continue to be separated. Families are separated when a black woman is stopped by a by a police officer and killed. Families are separated when parents aren't able to take care of their children because of these systems and are called and have protection services called on them the way that children and parents are being separated now is a lot more atrocious because we're able to see exactly what is happening but we need to ground ourselves really in what are these root causes and um so that's what we aim to do and i guess it's sort of like belabor that point a little bit like to put it in terms that you'll understand doctor is it's if like if I have diabetes and I need to take my insulin, like I need the insulin, I gotta treat that. But like at some point, I have to deal with the fact that my lifestyle caused diabetes. At some point, mm-hmm. we have to deal with the fact that consistently and continually, America continues to go to other countries, destabilize them right. for and, our and, personal and gain. The United States, because America is a continent. Oh. Thank you for correcting that. So yes, the United States government it's con- consistently does this, and like as, and I think what's like can be rather like daunting for folks as we think about these types of problems is that the just as we start to like learn about one and maybe get some traction on one, we're already like ten years into like the next thing that we're screwing up, right? Like we're just now starting to come to grips and just now starting to reach sort of like a the critical mass of folks understanding what America has consistent, what, sorry, what the United States has consistently done to the rest of America as a continent. And then we're now like, you know, 30 years behind on what we've been doing in the Middle East is what we moved on to next. And then by the time we started thinking about that, we'll be like somewhere else creating another mess. And it's, And again, and I, we we talk about this regularly on Resistance Radio. Um, that because I thought the same thing. I mean, the drone attacks that are happening. I mean, if you're 12 years old and you're out playing in the field, you're playing soccer or football uh, out in the field, uh, and your friends and uh, and brothers uh, die from a drone attack, you're going to you're going to grow into somebody who's going to hate the U.S. And uh, uh, and uh, and support policies in your country that would be deleterious on, on to us. So I, I think your your point is well taken. And uh, Kenny, Kenny is is impressed with my uh, my my language there. Um, but uh, as we start kind of wrapping uh, things up, and as we uh, we bring this show to an end, uh, Miss Carol, uh, were there other things that you wanted to kind of uh, bring to our attention? Um. 
yeah, so pretty much just come out to October 21st to the SOE Watch documentary panel um, and panel. Um, and then the Encuentro is November 16th, 17th through 18th. One of the ways that you can get involved is by going on the website and looking up our crowdfunding. We have a crowdfunding going on. Um, we are 100% um, as would would be said for the people by the people we um are crowdfunding so you mean george soros is not funding this so no. so smith and wesson isn't funding this or, no. or uh, what are some of the big american americans for prosperity <laughs> now who are the big war makers like ge oh, and halliburton. Uh, halliburton is not uh, <laughs> no we're, we're in fact I, I did actually want to ask you about that about blackwater actually the attack in Blackwater uh, that happened where the uh, soldiers uh, massacred some innocent Iraqi folks that were in the middle of a market is very reminiscent of what happened uh, with the uh, Jesuit priests, with the massacre of the Jesuit priests, and how it was kept underground. In, in Iraq, it was done by American soldiers that were contracted out to Blackwater, and what happened in, in, uh, in the 80s with these Jesuit priests was very much something similar in which the... Uh, um, the murderers were, were never accounted for. Is that correct? And they were very likely trained with the School of Americas. Um, they were trained with the School of the Americas. There was um, a verdict that came out that I can't recall right now, but um, I can add a link to it so that we can um, get the response and put it in the show notes. Super. And yeah, I'm sorry. I do have to get running to coordinate a call to um, talk about TV, press, and radio for the Encuentro. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Carol. Like, um, we really, really appreciated your time and teaching us about this. First of all, because um, like I said, it's it's amazing how I didn't even know, and like people don't even like, know about these things. It's this, this is why we do the show because there's just so much, and it's so insidious and continuous. And thank you for the work that you do. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. This is how how it happens. We 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 talk about these things. We we educate ourselves in these ways. So thank you for for holding that space and and doing it in a way that really allows um, a lot of different voices to be highlighted. Thank, thanks for joining us. Yeah, and also, uh, whatever we can do, to, um, we'll be happy to read PSAs. Uh, if you guys want to record a PSA for us, we'd be happy yeah, absolutely. To, to get the word out uh, regularly. And uh, we can just kind of talk offline about that. Awesome. Super. So we have a couple of minutes left. Go ahead, Kenny. I do want to make one point here because it's... it's I'm utterly floored um, by this. So, as Carol explained to us before, um, the School of America's in its own in its current structure had was like rebranded in like 2001, and it had existed for decades before before that. Since 2001, just 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 to give folks sort of like an idea of the scope of this thing, since 2001, they've trained more than 19,000 students at the School of Americas, and those folks have then gone off and been a part of conflicts in over 36 countries. And we live in a country where we struggle to fund public education to simply teach people how to read, but we consistently are so, so good at teaching people how to go and kill other people. Um, And it, it just sort of, that number just like floored me, like, 19,000 people 
dispersed to over 36 countries. And that's just since this was rebranded in 2001. That's not even talking about the decades that the School of Americas was in, um, was in, existence. was in existence in its original incarnation. Right. And like, I think that like, it's just like sitting here listening to, to Gato talk about it. And it's like, think about every well, single like, Latin and Central American conflict you can think of that was probably, or think about Southeast Asia. I mean, you know, this one of the things that I think that we're seeing in this kind of as this awakening is happening of, and we are seeing, um, you know, again as shown by the Kavanaugh hearings, is that I think that people are afraid the white patriarchal supremacy that we have seen these these systems of oppression. I think that they're afraid of actually recognizing the, of being exposed because once the exposure occurs, it's going to be so bad. I, you know, we're just kind of scratching the surface, the so-called uh, tip of the iceberg. But I think that if we, st- when, not if, when we start digging down, it's going to get really bad, really ugly, and we're going to see a lot of things that 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 have been done in the name of so-called peace or in the name of freedom. Um, that uh, I think they were anything but peaceful and anything but the delivery of freedom, except for the freedom of white people to make more money. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I also think, sort of like to tie this, as we run out of time, um, to tie this together for some folks here, is I think that it's so important to remember that Trump is the creation of all of this. Like it's well, he's, he's the not, symptom. He's the symptom. Yeah, he's a symptom. He's the he's symptom. The and face. I think that like I think what I think one of the things that makes me truly worry about the future of America is that we will get stuck on what the symptom that we allow to happen is. Because Trump sort of embodies everything we've talked about, where he is a person who consistently creates problems that he then comes up with like really bad and oppressive solutions, quote unquote, solutions to. And that's sort of like a microcosm of the way that America has operated, Absolutely. particularly towards brown and black people forever, is that we create these problems, we create instability, create chaos in ways that we can then exploit to our yes. gain. Yes, yes. And then come up with a quote unquote solution after the fact that's usually just adding to what we've already it's just done. It's part of the con. That's that's all part of the con game. I mean, it's to create create a something and then you'd be able to come in and, and solve that that problem. You take you take away the idea of, well, this was a problem that, that didn't have to exist in the first place. And then the media, which is complicit in all this, just kind of gets sucked into the whole uh, solution part. And, and you know, you know, what we're seeing now is the revamping of uh, of um, What's the uh, the the Canadian Mexico? Oh, NAFTA. Uh, NAFTA, right? And it's going to be the best deal, right? The best deal ever. I uh, got the dairy farmers are now being able to 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 win in some of this. We're going to be winning, um, but all NAFTA is is just basically you know it's small kind of updates along the edges that that happen on a regular basis. I mean, this is stuff that that Trump and um, that I'm sorry that President Obama and President Bush were doing because it constantly as the time and I, listen I'm no lover of NAFTA I think NAFTA was horrible in many many ways but all it was was just the re they they were just kind of renegotiating codifying. And, right they just they were just doing what they usually do to keep the 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 partnership intact but the point is is that he renamed it to make it seem like 
that he has done something great Mm -hmm. in which all he did was just do anything that the previous president would have done or if Hillary had been there, right now we'd be at brunch. And the last thing I'll say in this before we go. Come on, it was funny. You've said it before. It's not funny a second time. Um, (laughs) The last thing I'll say um, on this is that I think it's really, really important for folks to remember, and I th- and I I've, and I think this is like a v- extremely true statement that Donald Trump is America, and it's tr- sorry, Donald Trump is the United States. I gotta fix that. Donald Trump is the United States in its truest form, and I hope that we as a society are finally to a point where we're seeing ourselves for what we've always been, who we've always been, because that's who we are. Donald Trump is who we are and who we've been, and. It's ugly and terrifying and all of the negative adjectives that you can think of. What are we going to do about it? This is 102.3 WHIV. You've been listening to Resistance Radio. We've been streaming live on 1230 AM WBOK. My name is Mark Allendary. That was Kenny Francis. You can uh, find us on iTunes uh, and our podcasts are available as well. Thank you for listening to Resistance Radio. Thank you, Kenny Francis. And of course, thank you to Miss Carol Tatiana. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.